This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again. And I have another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the ass cannot forgetting my twin niece's unfair birthday gifts? Birthday might involve cake. Might as well just get myself ready now. Just stretches. You ready to yell? Throw some shit. Having just consumed cake, I'm probably more likely to be more severely triggered by cake. Let's just hope it doesn't come up. So the other day, my 35 male twin nieces, Aria and Nina, had their 12th birthday. For Aria, I got her an art bag, basically a small tote with hard backing and different sections and pockets filled with art supplies, colored pencils, watercolors, markers, sketchbooks, etc. Basically, a young artist cornucopia. For Nina, I bought some new softball supplies, new cleats, a batting helmet, 12 new softballs. She loses hers really easy and a metal bat. How do you lose soft softballs? Are like? Maybe she's just knocking them out of the park every time or wherever she's having batting practice and that's how she loses them. When the girls were unwrapping their presents, they both loved them. My sister, the twin's mom, shoots me a weird look, but I think nothing of it. Later, my sister gets me alone and confronts me about getting Aria more things than Nina. I respond that I tried to gear the gifts towards the girl's individual interests. She said that that doesn't matter, that Aria got more things. She did get more individual items. That wasn't fair. I actually added up the total cost later because I was feeling unsure, and the two gifts were of similar cost. Actually, Nina's gift was $20 more expensive. I did inform my sister of this. Still, she's been cold to me since then, which is weird because we're normally quite close. This made me feel even more unsure. Am I the asshole for my gifts to my nieces? Oh my god, it's the Dursleys! 37? Well, last year I had 38. Oh no, we'll make sure we take you to the store and get you another one. Gosh, what kind of kids are they trying to raise here? The value of the items doesn't matter. It's really just all about quantity. Well, if that's the case, then, you know, here are $31 bills. That counts as 30 individual things, right? Let me go to the dollar bin and get eight individual things to satisfy your mother. When you two are completely fine and happy with the gifts that I've provided, but your shit stick of a mom is like, oh, I added them up. You gave more individual things to this girl. What? This doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, Christmas must be hell at this lady's house. It must be hell. And if it's the item count that matters and not the value that matters to her, their kids have to be really confused on Christmas too. I've never heard of this approach except for the Dursleys and Harry Potter. Like he didn't care what was there for gifts. He just wanted to make sure he had more than last year. One more than last year. The nieces were perfectly happy with what they got. Why is the mom responding like this? I don't understand this at all. OP, no, not the asshole. Not the asshole. 
OP, no, you, you were, you did a great job. Their mom's batshit crazy for having this, this viewpoint on gifts. I say that, however, it's entirely possible that there's a cultural thing that focuses on the item count rather than value or something like that, that I just don't understand because I haven't experienced it in my life. Well, hell, how many individual brushes were in one of these packages? And are those individual items or is it because they're in a container? Is that one item? That's just a really, really weird way of looking at it. And they're twins and they're 12. So mom has been stressing in the wrong direction about these twins since birth for 12 years now. And when they're little, little kids, I get it. When they're little, little kids, like they don't give a shit about the value and they aren't to the age yet where they're getting things that are higher dollar. Things are all around the same thing. And in that case, yeah, I get it. But there's an age pivot there where the things that they're into are going to vary in value. And at that point, it's no longer about item count. And it really shouldn't be about value either. It should be about thought. But this is just two steps in the wrong direction. Oi, that's rough. Remind me, never go to Aria and Nina's birthday party because I will cause all kinds of shit. All kinds of it. Wait a second. What happens with the cake? Does the size of the piece matter? Or is it just how many pieces people get? Now, it could be a real problem. What if she cuts like this tiny, tiny, skinny, little nothing piece and then cuts another one that's like this and she's like, you got one and you got one. They're equal. No. 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 Item count does not produce equality, lady. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is titled, Am I the Asconaut for Telling My Wife to Mind Her Business? I sure hope there's a good reason here. My wife, 37 female, and I, 38 male, moved to a new neighborhood about three years ago with our two kids, eight and six. Our neighbors across the street have two kids, nine and seven, that our kids quickly became friends with. We could hang out with the parents as well, and my wife quickly became friends with the mom. The dad and I got along fine, but never as close as my wife and the mother. Unfortunately, about a year ago, the parents separated and the mom filed for divorce. Apparently, the dad had an affair. The mom moved out as the house was owned by the dad before they got married. She took the kids with her. According to my wife, the mom tried to get full custody of the kids, but the dad asked for and was granted partial custody. So he has the kids three weekends a month. The rest of the time, they stay with their mom. I've only very briefly talked with the dad about the whole thing as he obviously feels a lot of shame about the affair and we aren't close enough for me to feel I can ask deep questions about it. The kids all still play together when they can. I noticed my wife would make it a point to make sure our kids invited them over to our house. I also noticed that my wife was asking the neighbor kids some pretty odd and honestly rather intrusive questions about their dad, like if he has friends over at his house when they are there, what he feeds them, what rules he has at home, do they feel safe there, etc. This past weekend, the kids were at our house and stayed over for dinner, and my wife asked the kids if they like hanging out with their dad or mom more. I cut in before the kids could answer and changed the subject to watching a movie after dinner. As my wife and I were cleaning up, up, I asked her what the hell all the questions are about. She said that her friend is still trying to get full custody of the kids, and she asked my wife if she would keep an eye out for anything that she could use to build the case against the dad. I was shocked. I told her that's none of our business, and she needs to stay out of it. I just told her it seems like her friend is still upset about the affair and is using that anger as justification to try and take the kids away from their father. I told her that neither of us has even seen a single thing to indicate that this guy is a bad father. Sure, he had an affair, and that makes him a 
a bad husband, but that has zero influence on his ability to be a good, loving father. I told her what her friend asked her to do was gross, and the fact that she's going along with it is something that I strongly disagree with. I told her she needs to mind her own business. She said that she's just trying to look out for her friend, and she's trying to make sure that the kids end up in a situation that is best for them. I told her that essentially spying on our neighbor is not her responsibility, and she's definitely in the wrong for asking the kids the kind of questions she is. She feels she's completely justified, but I do not. Am I the asshole for speaking up? Damn! Candy Thunder included the top comment for us here, and it is, My father did this to me when my mother divorced him. It was not appropriate for a child. I'm now 66, and it still bothers me. This post really bothers me. If your wife cares for these kids, she will make your home a safe place for them instead of an interrogation room. That hits the nail on the head. With all the crap these kids are dealing with right now, having to be interrogated and mom having an ulterior motive here is straight up garbage and straight up an ask on one thing to do, in my opinion. Because, like he said, make your home a safe space for them. They have so much other stuff going on, they just want to play and hang out with the friends that they used to get to see all the time. And instead, they're getting interrogated so that their mom can use it as ammo to stick it to their dad who cheated. We don't know what the whole situation is there, and it's none of our business either. The situation that we're looking at is, is it okay to interrogate and collect intel from someone else's kids so that you can help your friend try to win a custody case? And the answer is, hell to the no. No, that's not okay. And the friend who asked you to do this is not a friend. Someone who asked a friend to do this kind of shit while her kids are with the dad is a shit person too. And I understand that she's probably salty about the whole affair, but you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder about her motives here too. I know that she wants this ammo for the custody case, but her willingness to take a safe space away from them, from her own kids, by talking someone into asking these kind of questions and trying to pry information from them is not the right thing to do for her kids either. So she's actually acting in a way that indicates that she's not out for their best interests. So is OP's wife here. OP, the dad, is the only one in this story who seems to be a stand-up person who is going to do the right thing for these kids. We don't know anything about the husband neighbor other than that he cheated and obviously has an immense amount of regret here. That's all we know. So OP is like the one guy in all of this that is doing the right thing for the kids. Damn. No, not the asshole at all here, OP. I'm glad we made this animation a couple weeks ago. Not the asshole, OP. You did the right damn thing for the kids. I wish everyone else would. And unfortunately, I think this kind of scenario is probably a lot more common than we think it is, especially with marriages that end in a split because someone was unfaithful. It probably becomes a battle of, I just want to stick it to this person, not because it's the right thing for the kids to do, not not because they're unsafe there or unloved or unprovided for, just because I need revenge. And that's garbage. Again, like you can feel however you want to feel. What you do with that feeling can very much make you the asshole. And in this case, it did to their mom. It did to OP's wife. A lot of shit people in the world, apparently. These poor kids, just let them hang out, eat dinner, and watch a movie and play, okay? They don't need to answer a bunch of questions right now, especially when you're an agent working for their mom. Yeah, both moms are the Askonauts here, and I think they're both Askon 1. We can go ahead and make that official. The mom duo in this story, Askon 1s, for asking her friend to do this thing and then for actually doing it. Both acted not in the best interest for the children. Both acted in a way that indicated that they do not have the kids' best interest at heart. It was a lot of words to say what I was trying to say, but you get the idea. But god dang, man, they're going through enough. 
Cannot for not warning my hookup about the snake room. We haven't even gotten into the story and shit just got really weird. Okay, apologies for the clickbaity title, but that's literally what it is. I bought a house a year ago, and living alone in a three-bedroom house, I had plenty of room to spare. I have a pet snake, a ball python. She's full-grown at four and a half feet long. She's very lazy and chill, and mostly just lays around under the heat lamps in her tank. But when I bought the house, I decided to let her have the run of a room, since I had extra space. I sealed up the windows, doors, vents, light fixtures, and pretty much any crack she could try to squeeze through, and leave the top off her tank so she can roam around. I got some big pieces of driftwood and screwed them together to make basically a big cat tree for snakes. She loves climbing it and hanging out by the window. That's, uh, yeah, that's terrifying. Though a lot of the time she still stays in the tank, she likes the heat lamp. I've also got a few aquariums and terrariums in there with my octopus and lizards, all very well covered to keep the snake out, lol. I also got a sign on the door that says, no step on snake. <laughs> So with this context, I had a guy over to my house for a hook. We'd met at a bar. Judge if you want, LOL, but that was the situation. And for some reason, he went upstairs to use the bathroom. I told him where it was, and after peeing, went and opened the snake room door? I only noticed when I was downstairs getting us some waters, and he yelled from upstairs and slammed the door. He was yelling that there was a snake in my house, and I called back that I knew that was my snake. She's chill. He came downstairs screaming at me that I should have warned him that I was a crazy B word for having a snake just out in a room that he thought was my bedroom. I asked him why he was going through my rooms anyway. I just said he could use my bathroom. He said he was looking for my bedroom because he assumed I'd meet him up there. Question mark. But he was basically berating me for having a snake and not telling him. I said there was literally a sign saying that there was a snake on the door and he basically called me crazy again and walked out saying I should have told him before he came over. I felt like I didn't need to since it's not like I would have brought him in there anyway and I didn't think he'd just be going around looking in all the rooms. Like it's kind of weird. Am I the asshole for not warning a guy about the snake room? <laughs> oh, this is awesome. But the snake was locked up in a room. It was, in, it was in a room that it couldn't get out of. So the only way that they would ever encounter the snake is if they opened a door that they weren't supposed to open and ignored the sign on the door that said, hey, snack. And I say snack because it actually said S-N-E-K. No step on snack. So he was snooping and went in. He had no reason to go into her bedroom anyway. Like that was a little bit of an invasion. It felt like he went to the bathroom and then thought that she was just going to meet him in the bedroom. That's a bit presumptuous and we don't know what was going on. Well, she said it was a hookup. So, I mean, I, I guess there was a mutual understanding about what was going to happen next. But some kind of pre-communication there like, hey, uh, I'll meet you in the bedroom. And by the way, she didn't say my bedroom is here. So he never even received any kind of clue about where that was. He was just going to open doors till they found stuff or he was snooping and he he was looking for something else. He was doing the, does she have a kid open doors kind of thing? Like what, what in the hell are you doing snooping around someone's house anyway? And also she thought it was weird that he went upstairs to use the restroom, which to me means a couple of things. Either he wants to snoop around or he's really got a poop and he doesn't want her to hear him, which is entirely possible too. But the whole opening doors here makes it seem like he just wanted to snoop, man. I don't know. I am at a NTA here, NTA here because he had no reason to open that door. There's a sign on the damn door and he wasn't supposed to be upstairs in the first place. 
She had no reason to pre-explain. You know, maybe whenever he went upstairs and she's like, yeah, that's weird. Uh, She could have been like, hey, also, don't open the door that says there's a snake in the room. There's literally a snake in the room. Could have done that. But if I'm putting myself in her shoes, the sign on the door pretty much takes care of that, doesn't it? That pre-communicates any kind of warning that you would need for someone who might accidentally open that door. It could only be better if the lights were off in there and he just ignored the sign and still like snuck in and just assumed it was the bedroom and went ahead and got all the way skibbied down and uh, and tried like laying down and the snake curled up with him. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's still his fault. It's his fault for just being weird. I mean, would you go to someone's house and just start opening doors, especially if a door said, don't step on the snake? Would you do that? OP here says it was a hookup and she brought this dude home from the bar for a hookup. So I'm guessing they pre-communicated that and it was a come back to my place, hanky panky kind of kind of invitation. So, you know, his assumption to go to the bedroom is is not completely unwarranted, but some clearer communication would have been good. And also there's a sign on the damn door. There's a sign on the damn door. That's I, I think that's all there is to it. There's a lot of possibilities here, but I think the the bottom line is that Opie's not an asshole here because she did everything she needed to do with the sign on the door. Not an asshole. It's your house. Interesting. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for not cutting my hair to match my niece? My 26 female brother, Mike, 29, recently moved near me because of work. We're now half an hour away from each other. We were four to five hours away most of our adult lives and usually only saw each other during Christmas at our parents. Mike is living with his fiance, Sarah, 30 female, and her daughter from a previous relationship, Eve, six. Sarah works from home as a freelancer. Ever since the move, I went to hang out at Mike's a lot because I miss him. Sarah and I got along okay, but Eve was attached to me from the start. She said I look like one of the princess dolls she has. Thus, our friendship is born. One of the activities Eve and I enjoy is styling our hair. Our hair is very similar, long, blonde, fine, and super straight. We enjoy braiding, curling, and ornamenting our locks, and Sarah has had short hair all her life and cannot style her daughter's hair beyond a simple ponytail. Eve loved it when I put our hair in matching styles, and we often went to dinner like that. My brother and Sarah thought it was adorable. A few days ago, an incident at school caused Eve's hair to be damaged. Sarah took her to the salon, but the best they could do was cut and trim her hair to just above shoulder's length. Eve was crying and really upset. She said she won't get to play hair styling and have matching hair with me anymore since her hair is short now. She said it's not fair that I will be the only princess in the family now. Sarah called me and asked if I can cut my hair to match with Eve so she wouldn't be sad. She said it will be a nice change of pace and our hair will grow back. I told her no. A trim of an inch is one thing, but shoulder length is too short for my liking. Sarah said I'm not being considerate as it'll mean a lot to Eve to know her aunt matches with her. Mike said my hair my decision, but my mom said it would be a nice thing to do. Am I the asshole? Top comment on here is NTA. Sarah could have turned this into a learning moment. She could have gone with patience. The hair will grow back. Challenging stereotypes and ideas of beauty. Princesses can have short hair. Being different doesn't break caring. You and Eve can still be connected despite the different hair. Instead, she chose to teach Eve that people are supposed to cave to her desires. Thank you very much for saying everything that I was thinking in a much better and more concise way. My first thought here on the whole princess short hair thing was I think Navy Thunder and I watched part of Tangled today and she ends up being a princess with short hair. Show her that. 
not a big deal. And expecting the world to just cater to you when things happen to you is not the kind of lesson that you want to teach here because that can be damaging as they start moving through life. And if that's how if that's how it is for them all the time, whenever they become an adult and enter the real world and it doesn't behave like that, they're going to be shocked. They're not going to be able to function in this world. They need to understand that sometimes shitty things happen. It is up to you to make the most of it and to adapt and to overcome. Now, sure, it would have been great and very touching if she would have cut her hair to match, but there are so many lessons that can be learned here and that need to be learned here that it is okay and that you can't expect people to just do that. It was a big opportunity that was missed by mom here. Mom is Sarah in this case. If OP didn't care and if she was like, yeah, you know what? I've been thinking about it anyway. She probably would have done it, but she didn't want to. She didn't want to sacrifice her hair, which takes a long freaking time to grow. There's a lot of investment in that. And this can be a valuable lesson. This can be a really valuable lesson. And hell, the first thing I would do would be freaking pull up Tangled. It's a great lesson for this. No, not the asshole at all, OP. This is another NTA. Another not the asshole story here. Sarah, the mom. Asking her to do this, putting pressure on OP and saying that she's not being considerate because it'll mean a lot to Eve, that's garbage. Pressuring someone to do that because something happened with your kid's hair is not okay. Maybe her kid was just so upset that she was willing to do anything, but that's part of the problem, isn't it? Isn't that part of the problem that her child now expects her parents to make crazy requests like this of people on her behalf to try to just make her happy? That's not okay. That's unreasonable. And guess what? That's not being considerate. So flip it around, Sarah. Don't ask people to do crazy shit. Instead, teach your kid. This could be a bonding moment for you two because the original bonding that happened between OP and the niece happened because they both had longer hair. Well, now she has shorter hair like her mom. Now it's a new opportunity. Now those two can spend more time learning about styling longer hair. There are so many possibilities here, but she wanted the easy button of just make my kid happy. And I get it. When your kid's unhappy, you wish you could just wave a magic wand and just make them happy. Just take the pain away. But that's not the right thing to do for them. And they need to understand that these kind of things are going to happen in life and they need to be able to deal with them. They need to learn to cope. They need to learn to self-soothe. I hear that from Candy Thunder a lot. There were a lot of different ways that she could go with this, but the one decision that she ended up making was the easy button and it didn't work out. And I'm glad it didn't work out because that'll be the best thing for her child, for Eve. If you were going to be like, hey, I know this is a long shot and I know you probably don't want to do that and that's okay. Here's what happened. And... If you were ever open to having shoulder length hair, this would be a good time to do it, but we're not expecting that. But I would almost, you know, in that case, be looking at what's the damage done by that and the damage of expecting the world to just bend to your will or change because it feels sorry for you. And that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Yeah, there are plenty of princess movies to go through here and to reference. Plenty of them. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for wearing noise-canceling headphones when our baby is crying? Forward, I'm pretty certain I'm the asshole. Family agree I'm in the wrong, but one friend is saying I'm not. Also, even if I'm not the asshole, my wife isn't either. She's an incredible mom, amazing wife, and the love of my life. 
This might be the most interesting Reddit story forward I have ever read. Now I'm intrigued. Me, 33 male, and my wife, 30 female, have a little baby, 0.25 female, who for the most part is a chill and happy little thing who makes our world shine. But as with any baby, she cries, and sometimes a lot. I am diagnosed autistic, and as a result have some pretty severe sensory issues, particularly around sound, and particularly when I'm tired. I have noise-canceling headphones, which are a godsend, so I started wearing them when I found her crying too overwhelming, particularly when I get up at night with her. To clarify, I can still hear her crying, and I don't put them on so I can ignore her crying. Quite the opposite. I wear them so I can hold her without feeling overwhelmed. Also, it's just her being a baby, not a medical thing. Most of the time, she's a joy. I love our 2 a.m. feeds when it feels like nobody else in the world is awake except us, enjoying the stillness and solitude. I love her so much. My wife hates it and has asked me to stop. She said that being a parent involves having to cope with the bad stuff. It's what we signed up for and that it's important to not block out her crying so I can feel what our daughter is feeling. She also said that it probably scares our daughter to see her dad with stuff on his head when she's at her most distressed. What she said makes a lot of sense, so I stopped wearing them and handled the resulting meltdowns afterwards. But when I was talking to a friend, he said that's an unreasonable demand. I'm not a bad dad and my needs with my disability matter too. Interesting. Okay. So, we'll go ahead and, and make this official with yet another not the asshole. Whenever we first started the story, I thought, you know, if we're completely noise blocking, that is an issue. Because you need to be able to to hear your child, what if something's wrong? You need to be able to hear that. But it's noise dampening or noise reducing. It is not noise blocking. So, he can still very much hear it. And also, he's putting them on when he's sitting with her. Not so he can, like, ignore her and go to sleep. It's so when he's sitting with her, it's not too much. So that it's sensory overload for him and damaging to him with his disability. That's different story that is not ignoring it that is not a bad parenting thing and still he can feel everything that his child is feeling with the decibels being reduced there that is the only thing that is happening here is that he is still hearing everything he's just hearing it at a decibel level that is not damaging to him that's it this doesn't equate to being a shitty parent this doesn't equate to not feeling what his child is feeling this doesn't equate to trying to avoid hearing or feeling anything it's just to not make it a damaging thing sensory wise and that is a hundred percent okay wife might need some education on this and need to hear and maybe from a physician that that this is a perfectly acceptable thing to do and a preferred thing to do. Because if you end up going into sensory aggravation, that could cause more stress, that could cause a reaction, that could cause more rifts between their entire family. And if what he's doing right now allows him to peacefully be able to handle this situation and not become agitated, what's the problem with it? And I would also battle back on the whole, it probably scares your child whenever they're you know, a quarter of a year old. They aren't going to be afraid by headphones on there. I mean, once they're old enough to start you know, pulling things off of you, she at some point will probably grab the headphones and start kicking them off when she's bothered by them or when she's curious enough about them. At this point, she probably doesn't give a shit. She's like, hey, I need food, I need someone to rock me, and I need to poop. And that's pretty much all I got on my agenda for the day. You can wear your damn headphones if you want to. It's fine. I'm going to cry either way. But the wife here, hating it and asking him to stop, 
that's rough. And it's going to take some education to get her to see that differently. And I don't know if he can be the one to deliver that information. He seems to be a very reasonable person. Um, and maybe he can deliver that information without it becoming an argument. But she's already said, or OP has already said here that his wife hates it and has asked him to stop. And that being a parent involves having to cope with the bad stuff. This is the way that he's coping with it. Instead of having to get to a sensory overload point where he has to walk away, he's finding a way to not get there and to still be happy and enjoying the time and able to facilitate all the care that she needs. So wife, you might have to cope with this. You might have to put up with some bad stuff because you're the only one who has a problem with this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another AITA story for you. This is Am I the Askonaut for posting brother's wedding photos without sister-in-law? My brother, 29, got married last month to his now wife, 28. Her family devoured the wedding while our side was only 10 people. When it was time to take professional photos, I knew that it was going to be the first time our side had any professional photos. I really wanted my son, mom, and two brothers, and I all to have some shots together. I started noticing my brother and his wife had a system down where they were together each photo and different guests and family would take turns around them. We took our photos with the couple, and then I asked for some solo family shots. My sister-in-law didn't seem too thrilled. I felt kind of bad, but we only took like three photos max. Fast forward to now, I had requested some wallet size photos and I also was getting a large 50 by 65 centimeter picture to display on my living room wall. I have a picture book I scrapbook in and happened to put all the wedding photos from that day inside. For my wallet wall picture, I had just the photos of our family. When my brother and sister-in-law came over a couple of nights ago, I guess the living room photo on the wall (laughs) caught them by surprise and my sister-in-law later cried to my brother that night. They couldn't believe I hung up a picture from their wedding without her. I had plenty in my book of her, just not the one displayed on the wall. I honestly feel like my older brother is mad at me. Am I the asshole? Candy Thunder gave us the top comment from this. You're the asshole. It was a wedding and the photographers were there to get bridal shots, not family portraits. It's unbelievably rude of you to even ask. They as a couple or the parents, somebody paid a shit ton of money to have professional wedding photographers there for for you to be in the line and having family come through taking pictures with you. And then they're like, hey, do, do you all mind stepping out for just a few shots? You're like, you mean the groom and the bride? Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I guess they kept the groom in because that's the brother. But they're like, yeah, would you would you mind stepping out? In this case, I think the the audacity point for me is that is that they asked. Normally, either the photographer or wedding coordinator or bride or groom or maid of honor, whoever is controlling the show at this point would be like, okay, now we're doing 
We're doing photos of groom with his side of the family. So get them all lined up and send them all through uh, or bride and her side of the family. So get them all lined up and send them all through. But to have somebody who's coming through the line, getting pictures, be like, hey, could you step out so we can get some with just us? I feel like that's an audacity point. Even if it's common to get pictures with one or the other and their pieces of the family for the person that's coming for a guest to make a request to change things about the system feels like an audacity point. Asking was the problem. Um, but the bride, I, I guess, was a little put off by, by that. But the big thing to her was seeing that the big print that they actually hung up on the wall was the pic without her in it. She is part of the family now, too. And she was just excluded from it. She doesn't feel like she's part of their family. Where OP was coming from here was we've never had professional photos before. You guys have a professional photographer. Let's get some pictures. And those are the ones that I'm going to hang up because we've never had professional photos before. They just took advantage of the situation and taking advantage of the situation and thinking only about themselves here because they had never had professional photos before is what makes them the asshole. So they are the asshole. How big of an asshole are they? How big a boy are you? I don't think this makes them a terrible human because it seems like they just weren't thinking about it wasn't malicious. I'll put it that way. It was it was more ignorant than malicious. So I think we could take one off the table Two may be applicable. You definitely shouldn't have done it or three should have done it differently. I'm going to go with two here and I'm calling OP a solid number two here because they were only thinking about themselves and the fact that they had never had professional photos before and that caused them to make a request that they shouldn't have made. A solid number two. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is titled, Am I the Ass Cannot for Not Letting My Daughter Miss Out on Stuff Just Because Her Half-Sister doesn't get to go. My husband has a daughter from a previous relationship, Maddie, 15 female. Before I even met my husband, Maddie's mother moved abroad. Maddie decided to go with her. My husband and I have been married for 10 years and we have an eight-year-old daughter, Abby. Maddie visits us for the whole summer and two weeks in the winter. We go to her when Abby is on spring break. We obviously save big family trips for when Maddie is with us. Same with any other once-in-a-lifetime events. However, my husband is consistently reluctant to do pretty much anything without Maddie. I tried to be patient, but it feels like we can't do anything throughout the year until she gets here. An example, we live near a water park. We have season passes and take Maddie all throughout the summer. But my husband refuses to go until Maddie comes to stay with us, and he doesn't want Abby to go, as it's unfair. I've tried discussing this with him, but he won't budge. Sometimes I win him over, but then he complains the entire time that Maddie isn't there. Oh boy, here we go. It's getting taken to a whole new level now. Abby loves Taylor Swift, who was going to be in the area for a limited time and before Maddie would arrive. My mom somehow scored us tickets and Abby was so excited. My husband said that it wasn't fair because Maddie also loves Taylor Swift and she doesn't get to go. I said I'd take both girls to another concert during the summer as there's going to be a few other artists that I know Maddie likes in the area. My husband said it still isn't fair and tried to ban Abby from going because I know it will be asked 
it's not possible for Maddie to fly out for the concert. She still has school and important exams that can't be missed. I put my foot down and said that life isn't always going to be fair. Maddie lives in another country. She is going to miss out on things. It's not fair to ask Abby to give up fun opportunities because Maddie can't come. I pointed out that Maddie gets to do fun things with her mom and Abby isn't there, which I think is completely fair. My husband said that's different because his ex isn't Abby's mom, but he's Maddie's dad. Eventually, he could see that I wasn't going to give up and just said yes to the concert. My mom, Abby, and I attended and we had a great time. It was Abby's first concert and she loved it. My husband says I bullied him into this and that if Maddie didn't get to go, Abby shouldn't. Maddie is disappointed she didn't get to go but seems happy for her sister. Am I the asshole? Oof. Uh, seems like hubby has some whacked priorities here. Candy Thunder included the top comment for us, and it is NTA. By your husband's logic, he should object to any fun activity Maddie participates in when she is with her mother because Abby can't go. It's not different. It's the exact same, and he is letting his guilt negatively impact your daughter from enjoying her childhood. His daughters live in different countries and have different mothers. The daughter you share doesn't need to miss out because of it. Amen. That is a, a great assessment here, and I think this is one of those cases where you see parental guilt cause harm to an entire family. You certainly don't need to, to let guilt be your driving motivator, because in this case, you're actually doing harm to your other daughter by punishing her for your, your older daughter not being there. And Abby is going to grow up with resentment here. I don't know. How old is Abby now? She is eight she may not be old enough to resent this now, but she will if this continues. Dad punishing her by not allowing her to do fun things unless her sister who lives out of country is there to visit isn't fair at all. And she is going to figure that out. And she's going to be really pissed at dad when she does figure it out. They have season passes to a place that they can only go to when Maddie visits. How does that make sense? Maddie is going to understand. Maddie wants Abby to go do fun things. I guarantee it. She's her sister. So mom, bravo to you for advocating for your child here. At least at this point, you're doing it before that resentment is really going to get to like the teenage phase. Um, and then you're going to have real problems on your hands. So not the asshole at all for advocating for your child and standing up to your husband for this. I think you have to go further though. You have to go further and and not let him do this at all, but change his way of thinking so that he doesn't call you a bully when you advocate for doing the right thing for your daughter. That has to change. And until you get to that point, every decision is going to be a battle. Everything is going to be a fight. When you, you finally fight enough to get the right thing to happen, like you did in this case, he's going to bitch about it afterwards and call you a bully for it. So good luck with that. You have to win the war here, not just battle by battle by battle by battle. And that is going to be excruciating, but worth it. You might actually need to rope Maddie into this conversation as well. This might need to be a sit down conversation that you include her with so that he can see that she doesn't she doesn't want Abby to be punished. Not the asshole here at all, mom. Bravo to you for advocating for your child. Good luck. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another AITA story for you. This one is from the AITA subreddit, and it is, Am I the astronaut for not attending my sister's wedding after she almost didn't invite me because I'm under 18? 
My 17 female sister, 24 female, is getting married in the fall. When she and her fiance started planning things a few weeks ago, they said it was going to be no kids. I didn't think anything of that at first. I assumed she meant like 13 plus or something like that. That was weird, though, because she never came to me about anything wedding related like she did with the rest of the family. So last week, I asked her if she needed help with anything and asked if she wanted me wearing a specific dress or something like that. She said, no, why would I? I'm not going. She explained that no kids means no kids, no exceptions. So I'm too young by three months to attend. I was really hurt by that and told our parents. They didn't know I wasn't invited, so my dad told her either she lets me come or she's not getting their half of the money. Oh, snap. Dad done laid down the law. She did invite me, but she made a big show of how she didn't want me there. So I said, screw it, don't bother. Since she doesn't want me there, I won't be. She just shouldn't expect things to go back to normal after. We used to be really close, and we text a lot, even after she moved out. Not anymore, though. I blocked her on everything, and I'm not speaking to her. I don't know if our relationship can recover from this, but if we do, it's going to be up to her to fix it. My parents say I'm overreacting, but this really hurt me. Well, damn, that's short and sweet or short and sour. There's got to be a specific reason behind her sister classifying her as a kid. That conversation with her and her fiance, I assume, was was a very messed up conversation, too, because at what point do they be like, okay, let's define the age limit for what we're considering a kid. 18, when you get into the teens, I mean, they know to act civil. They know to act responsible in public settings. They know not to not to be reckless and a kid at a wedding i'd say what whatever that age is is probably the no kids thing and whenever i think about that i'm thinking like 12 and up are probably safe hell maybe even 10 like no kids under 10 but your 17 year old sister who's going to be 18 in three months unless she's just a very immature person i wouldn't think would be classified as a child for this and she has to expect some kind of blowback on this because she, forget the child classification, she didn't invite her to her freaking wedding. Her sister, who she was close with, who she's only seven years apart from, she didn't invite her to her wedding. And then she was forced into it because the people who were paying for half of it were like, no, no, no. If you want the money, she's coming. But then OP here still knows that she doesn't want her there. She's just doing it just because. So that sucks. That sucks pretty bad. OP's specific question here is, am I the ass for not attending my sister's wedding after she almost didn't invite me because I'm under 18? And we've determined that the sister is definitely an asshole for pulling this crap. But is OP an asshole for not going? She has the right to be upset. And no one can be the asshole for feeling something. We talk about that a lot. It's what you do with those feelings. And I understand it's the bride, the most important person of the day that doesn't really want you there. But I think you would both regret it if you didn't go. And you're, you're allowed to be salty about it. And you have every right to not go. I don't think you're an asshole for not going. But I, I do think that you would regret not going. OP. I think this is something that when you look back, when you get some some more years and wisdom under your belt, you're going to be like, man, you know, fighting petty with petty at that point didn't serve anyone, anything. And it harmed us both. We know that you not going isn't going to cause your sister any harm. She didn't want you there in the first place. So if you're trying to to be spiteful to her, not going ain't going to cut it. That's just giving her what she wants. And I understand your position here, but um, I think if you go you have more of an opportunity to spite her if that's what you really want because 
she didn't want you there. Now you're going to be there, but someday you're going to regret not being there. And it is tough to, to make that decision, but I do think that that's the right call. Again, you're not the asshole for not going. You're certainly not the asshole for, for feeling what you're feeling. Uh, your sister is definitely an asshole, and this doesn't make sense at all. Where does sister go on this? The weird part is that OP, who's 17, says that they had a great relationship. So either there's, there's something that she doesn't know about, which would be nice to get to the bottom of and understand, um, but something caused her to put her in this classification. And it, I really don't feel like it's a somebody drew a line in the sand and said, 18's the age. Uh, unless there was some other shithead 17-year-old that they were trying to disinvite and she was collateral damage for that. But either way, it would have it would have involved some communication ahead of time and not just a surprise. Yeah, you're a child, so you can't come. Yeah, Not knowing the context and her not pre-communicating and not offering any kind of reasoning for this and not trying to be like, hey, I know this is a stupid rule, but... Um, but your collateral damage here. And we have to do this because X, Y, Z, no, this, this sister who she had a good relationship with, she just burned a bridge immediately and was like, why would I want you to wear something to the wedding? You're not going child, which very much seems like an ask on one offense to me. Um, she could have smoothed this out. At least she could have offered some kind of explanation. She could have tried to maintain the relationship for some reason, just decided she didn't give a shit. And that made her ask on one. And the only reason that she caved on it is because she needed the money to pay for the wedding. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.